Hello and welcome to Classic 15. I'm Michael Beek. My guest this week is composer and classic ambassador Eric Tangi. He studied in Paris with the likes of Horatio Radulescu and Betsy Jolas and has received many accolades. He can also lay claim to being one of the most performed French composers in the world. His catalogue of over 100 compositions ranges from solo works to concertos, vocal works and symphonies. Eric, I'm delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks to you. I'm very happy to. Now, being one of the most performed French composers today, that must feel pretty good. Well, I think I'm very lucky as a composer. But when I was dreaming to become a composer as a student, it was not my uh, my uh, goal to become one of the most performed composers. My goal has always been to be as good as possible in my way, in my inspiration, in my uh, way of creating music. So then I was lucky to meet some success. Yes, it's true, but uh, it wasn't the initial goal. And still it isn't the, the goal. To me, the most important thing is to do music, to create music, to create a sound. And how do you then go from creating the sound, which might be for you, to it becoming something which is popular? I mean, how, how do you ensure that it has a life beyond what you've sort of sketched or created? I cannot say. It's like all artists, we are dreamers. So we spend time dreaming and we work a lot to create something. But in fact, it's a, it, it's a dream that becomes reality. So uh, then not all the pieces have the same success. Some are very much performed and some are not so much performed. So this also you can't decide if a piece will be a success or not. Also, due to the talent of the musicians uh, who performed your works, I always think that um, music is a collaboration. I'm doing the piece, but they play, they perform on stage. And if they feel what is in my music, it's more a success than a, if the musicians are not connected to the world of my music. And it must still be very special to sit and listen to other people playing your music. Yes, still I'm uh, completely amazed by this. Even if uh, uh, I've been doing this uh, this work, it's it's more than a work, it's a, it's a vocation, of course. But uh, yes, I'm still amazed that my favorite musicians, when they play my music and put so much in it, yes, it's crazy, it's crazy. I love it. And do you remember the, the very first time you sat and listened to professional musicians playing your music what was that like i think it was in uh, uh, 1989 when i got my very first i would say big commission for the autumn festival in paris for the ensemble intercontemporain this was something yes i was 21 years old but i must say the, the biggest memory i have uh, in this situation is when uh, rostropovich performed my cello concerto in Carnegie Hall with the Boston Symphony and uh, Seiji Ozawa conducting. I was 30-something, but this, it was maybe too big for me. And how do you think the landscape has changed for composers since that time to now? Yes, things have changed, it's mm. true. I have a strange feeling about this. I feel that I belong to the old world, but with a fit in the new world. Yes. Because nowadays... Uh, there are very important uh, things on uh, social media. Mm. And uh, for young composers, it's very, very important to be on it. For me, I try to be on it, but I'm not pushing so much uh, because, uh, well, I think I'm becoming old, almost 55. <laughs> and you imagine when I began this, this, this uh, work 30 years ago, 35 years ago, 
uh, we didn't have mobile phones, computers, uh, uh, internet. And uh, marketing uh, is now extremely important. Sure, like self-promotion. Yes, yeah. yes, self-promotion and uh, speak about uh, its works, uh, the work of uh, uh, what we produce. It's important, yes. I think maybe, maybe uh, performers, players are better for this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think so? Because, yes, they are used to be on stage, uh, sure. to be a composer. Maybe it's like a painter. It's, it's more a secret, secret world, you know. I like to be in my house, sitting at my table, mm -hmm. writing music uh, in a quiet atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but it's always a big pleasure to share, to share with a... Uh, with people, uh, with uh, with you, with people uh, uh, in the concert halls. It's funny, I was going to ask what are the sort of challenges for young composers, but maybe I'll flip that around and think about what are the challenges for you now at this stage in your career? Is it technology? I mean, have you had, have you felt pressure to sort of move with the times and use computers or do you still still work the way you did 20, 30 years ago? I don't use a computer to, to write music. I'm still uh, uh, writing with a, with a sheet of paper. Great. And a uh, and, uh, pencil. Yeah. And uh, I erase when it's bad or I throw it when it's bad. <laughs> yes. Into the bed. <laughs> yes. But uh, most of my students, of course, 99% uh, say they work on computers. My advice to them is always the same. Uh, don't look for success. The success will come if you keep what you have inside. Don't try to become something. Be yourself. And so for you then, what, what were the key, what, were that, what was the first key moment for you that found you and, and helped sort of move you along? I've never been scared uh, about being uh, criticized. It's important to listen that people are against your work or very much for you. But it's important to know that uh, one doesn't, can't be loved by everybody. Mm. Well, but adversity has always been something uh, uh, important to me because when I hear something bad about my music, I say, okay, you will see the next piece. <laughs> <laughs> and equally, they felt something. So you, yes. still, you still made them feel something, even if yes. it was bad. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, it's important. Believe in what you do, even if it's difficult, because you don't arrive with a new piece and everybody is happy the first day. And uh, uh, sometimes uh, some works, they need years to become performed regularly for many reasons. Or some works, they are performed a lot and then they are less performed. So there's no generality in this, uh, in this uh, work. And um, obviously you've won prizes, there have been bursaries, you've been a composer in residence with, with organisations. Should young composers be thinking about those things and are they important? Yes, yes of course. Um, you speak about residences. This is a very, very, very good way to create collaborations with several musicians, ensembles, institutions. Uh, residences are very important, yes. Another advice I give to my students, don't try to be performed by everybody. It won't work. Just create your own team and it will grow. And it's what I've done, in fact. First, my music were performed by, by my friends, my colleagues, uh, as I used to play violin a long time ago. Then uh, it was by other musicians, then by professional musicians. But still, I have around me uh, my favorite musicians, uh, like tonight, uh, 
Susanna Bartal, uh, Alexandra Konunova, David Kadouche, and um, many others. Yeah, it's about making contacts and maintaining them. Yes, and yes. Those relationships. Yes, yes also, uh, it's a long work through the time. Yeah. So uh, their performance, uh, they are changing mm. uh, years after years. It's very, or months after months. It's mm. very beautiful. And do you find yourself then composing with them in mind when you're... Oh, sometimes, yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, yes. Imagining how they're going to yes, be playing. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I spoke about Rostropovich when uh, when he did this commission to me. Uh, this He wanted a big cello concerto, uh, 30 minutes. Of course, I was obsessed by, by his sound and his way of projecting sound and phrasing. And is that the same with a, com a commission, let's say, if you're commissioned to write something? Are you then thinking about where it's going to be performed and the sort of the, the actual setup of the... Yes, it, it can be very scary sometimes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if it's a big commission for a, a, a massive event or a, a big, big venue, yes. But uh, it's always a, a challenge. And sometimes also you, you have some commissions and you don't feel well with the project. So it's very rare, but maybe I can sell twice or only twice project. Or you don't accept the commission because you know it's not for you. And when you take on something like that, are you, when you're, when you're writing it, are you thinking about ever as a composer where it sort of sits in line with what's come before it? Are you creating a body of work that has any kind of connective, connective tissue? Or are they all very separate? Between the works? Yeah. Past, present and future? Yeah, yes. you're sort of creating a body of work? I think uh, when you listen to, to, to some works who are written almost at the same time, mm. maybe there is a connection. But then if you go back to 20 years ago, uh, you can see it has been a, a long transformation. So... Maybe we should ask a musicologist <laughs> about this. And is that a case then that you're not aware of making connection, but because it's around the same time, it may be that you're just in that, that sort of... In the mood. In that same creative yes, state. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Sometimes you, you have to finish a piece. You feel that the piece is finished, but some material is still alive in your mind mm. and you... You work on it in the next piece. It can happen also. And obviously a commission is, is, is what it is. It's somebody asking you to write something and, you know, hopefully being paid for it. But how much of that music is for you and how much of it is really for them or the audience? Are you thinking about all of those things when you're writing? Well, a commission is always a, a privilege, a honor, but it's how I'm living. I, I only work for commissions. So the good thing is that when I have a project or an idea... I can most of the time adapt them to a commission. Also, to answer your question, I know as a composer that my music doesn't exist without any performers. So I am in a kind of a deep relation with the performers uh, emotionally. For example, we spoke many times about Rostropovich, but if I work for piano solo, for Susanna Bartal, or for flute or whatever, I have to... Not to become this person, that would be impossible, but to create a connection in the sound with this person. And it makes the music. I'm not an abstract composer. Uh, I'm modern composer, but I'm not an abstract composer. I'm not writing to create uh, cryptic sure. music. Mm -hmm. No, no. Uh, I want to, to create a music with flesh, with uh, bones, with body, mm. and uh, that can be understood and uh, hopefully uh, appreciated by, uh, by listeners. But it's composer, performers, listeners. It's, it's a trio, in fact. 
And what do you feel your role is as a composer today? Do you feel any sort of pressure to be sort of relevant to the time or to comment on the world as it is today? Or is it just you've got to do what you've got to do? Both. Uh, yeah. I have to do what I've got to do. Uh, it's my vocation yeah. to create music. But as a human being, I am, of course, extremely influenced by the, 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 the way of the world. And, of course, very sad that the world is so... Uh, uh, nowadays is so, well, how can I say, hectic is a good word. Yes, very yes. hectic, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's inside my music, of course. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I'm still uh, optimistic and I really hope that uh, humanity will finally find a way to be happy together. And, and what do you think the future looks like for, for classical composers? What do you think are the challenges that young composers are going to face in the next few years? When I was very young, it was not difficult to be published, mm. uh, to, to get performances and to be heard as a composer. For young composers nowadays, it's, it's more difficult maybe than it was for my generation. So due to this, they should run to easy music to try to get success or to be performed, or to get uh, uh, recognized as composers. They must keep their, their, their personalities. So mm. we didn't have this kind of pressure 30 years ago, no. but it's a responsibility of each one. Uh, that the same in life? You can uh, decide to stay in the good way yeah. or astray. You mentioned publishers there. Do you think it's key for a young composer to start early with finding a publisher and getting their work it's a, it's a big uh, it's a big thing when you get published yeah. it's a big thing so but because it has become so difficult uh, there are new tools now right. uh, self self editions uh, self publishing sorry yeah yeah uh, there are new tools but if you if you you get a contract with a big publisher of course it's like a book Suddenly, it's a big step. It's out there. It's oddly enough, although it's easier now for composers to, let's say, record some music that they've written and put it out on the internet almost immediately, you're sort of almost shouting into the wind, aren't you? Yes. Without having somebody pushing it up from underneath. Yes, yes. it's good that you, you mentioned recordings. It's easier mm. maybe to record yeah. things, but then there are so many recordings yes. How do you that stand it's out? becoming a, a massive paddle. Mm -hmm. So it's not so easy also to be recognized in this uh, in this massive or cloud of uh, recorded things also that's the same if you if you if you got the chance to work with a big label it's fantastic and casting your mind back what has been the best advice you were given when you were starting out who was was there anyone who you sort of encountered who gave you some real wisdom that yes. you'd like to pass on the best advice i've ever received was from my uh, teacher mm. uh, the first one radulescu he said to me, you must become your own teacher. And <laughs> until today, uh, I'm trying to learn, learning, learning, learning. Yeah. And you learn as much from your students as they're learning from you, I imagine. It's very interesting, yes. Uh, I, I learn from my students, not musically, I would no. say, because uh, I am the teacher, the professor. But uh, yes, I've learned that there is always a hope that the next generations are still going on are still creating and it's fantastic. And do they help you with digital technology as well? They tried, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that boat has sailed. <laughs> well, Eric, thank you so much. It's been absolutely delightful chatting to thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's all from this edition of Classic 15. Thank you for listening. And until the next time, goodbye.